0: Hello again, this is Pastor Moore from the Heritage Fellowship Church of San Antonio, Texas located in Leon Valley. I want to greet you today in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost on today. I am so uh, excited about coming um, to you on this day, we're beginning a series of the last words of Jesus Christ when he was on the cross. and Today we'll be starting in the book of Luke, chapter 23, and verses 32 through 34. But before we begin, I'd like to give honor to our Father which is in heaven, and to his precious Son, Jesus Christ, and to the Spirit of God that dwells in the inner man i like to uh, just welcome you in today. I hope that uh, you are adjusting well to uh, all the different changes that our world is experiencing because of this uh, coronavirus, and I pray that this message uh, blesses you. We're going to be doing, a, uh, like I said, a study on the last words of Jesus Christ, As he was on the cross, we'll be beginning in the book of Luke, uh, chapter 23, verses 32 through 34. And I'm reading from the King James Version, and it reads as follows. And there were two also others, malefactors, led with him to be put to death. And when they were come to the place, which is called Calvary, there they crucified him, and the malefactors one on the right hand and the other on the left hand, then said Jesus, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And they parted his raiment and cast lots. Uh, Here in the book of Luke, uh, we find um, uh, Jesus, he is um, on the cross, and we find that he's between two malefactors, or two criminals. That's what malefactors means. As in the Greek, um, it says, uh, they led him, they led them all. be put to death for the crimes that they had committed Uh, but we know that jesus himself had not committed any crime Um, but he was yet placed with these uh, thieves and he finds himself in the middle of of one thief on the right and one thief on the left and then we hear these words um, Jesus speaks and he says, Father forgive them for they know not what they do. And um, Jesus, being uh, the loving Savior that he is, uh, he asks the Father, his Father in heaven, to forgive them. Because they did not realize that they were crucifying the Son of the Living God. And this place where they were, uh, Calvary, uh, was outside of the city. Calvary itself means skull, Uh, it was a a hill, a high place located uh, outside of the city of Jerusalem Uh, Matthew in 27 and 33 calls this place Calvary calls it Galgatha and uh, it it had a resemblance this place had a resemblance of a skull and um, this event took place outside of the city and why is that? Well, in Leviticus chapter 4 and chapter 6 and also in chapter 16, we find that whenever the priests dealt with uh, the sin offering, uh, they slew the animal and they saved the blood for the articles uh, to be sprinkled on the articles in the Holy of Holies, but they took the the, the body of the, the animal that was slain and they took it outside of the city and they burned it. Sin offering uh, was always dealt outside of the camp. Um, and like I said, the offering was burned there. And here we find uh, Jesus who is uh, hanging on the cross, our sin offering. We find him outside of the city gates uh, because he is going to be uh, our sacrifice uh, and he is going to take on the sins of the world uh, and I know that uh, you're aware that Jesus himself he he knew no sin uh, Jesus uh not being a sinner. Uh, It says in Hebrews chapter 4 that he was tempted at all points like us, yet did not sin. So why was Jesus there? Well, um, he was there because the world itself needed a sacrifice. And God had done in the Old Testament, uh, he had allowed the priest and uh, the Levites who conducted these uh, uh, atonement services once a year uh, to take place. And these, uh, uh, there were several offerings that they could bring uh, depending on what they had. But these offerings were were slain on the altar, the blood was taken, and the offerings was taken outside of the city to be burned. And... Uh, these offerings that the priests, the Levites did, uh, first, firstly, them being the priests, they had to make an offering for themselves. And secondly, uh, this was an atonement. And the atonement in the Old Testament was a condition uh, that covered the sin. It did not erase it. So year after year, They had to come and bring uh, a sin offering to the priest in order that their sins would be atoned for or covered. Uh, But Jesus being uh, our sacrifice, uh, he only had to give his life once. And he being also not only our sacrifice, but our high priest, Uh, He also had to do the same thing that the priest in the Old Testament had to do. Uh, The parallels between the priest, the Levites, and between Jesus, our great high priest, are basically functionally the same. Jesus did the same thing. He had to go into the temple uh, in heaven and do as the high priest did in the Old Testament, sprinkle his blood on the articles uh, uh, of the, uh, uh, in the Tabernacle of the Holy of Holies. And um, so we, we see Jesus operating in these two functions as sacrifice and high priest as one. Um, and he made an atonement for our sins. So what does that mean for us? It means that uh, Jesus, uh, when He uh, shed His blood on Calvary, it did not just cover, it did not just conceal or hide uh, our sins from God, it erased them. Those who believe on Jesus Christ, the atonement of sin, when You are forgiven of your sins. You're not just forgiven for one year. Uh, Those sins are separated from God as far as it is from the east to the west, and they're remembered by him no more. Jesus uh, is the atonement for the world's sin. If those in the world believe on him as the only begotten of of the Father, and believe on his death, burial, and resurrection. So, what does that mean for us? Now, Um, we have to learn how to crucify ourselves. Um, And I want to go to a scripture over in Romans. uh, Romans chapter 12, and verse 1. I'm turning in my Bible there now. Now, In Romans, we find uh, this scripture. It says, This, it says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Just as Jesus uh, had to present his body as a sacrifice for the world, We also need to present our bodies to Him as a sacrifice. And Romans tells us uh, uh, that we should present our bodies in this way a holy way, a way that God would be able to accept it. And it says that it is our reasonable service just to do that very thing. Now, what is presenting your body as a living sacrifice mean? Well, if we look at the Old Testament uh, when the priest and the Levites gathered the animals, they required uh, an animal without spot or without blemish. And what does that mean? That means we have to go before God the right way for us. In order for us to present our body uh, as a living sacrifice, We have to present our body in a holy fashion. That means that if we have sinned, we have to go before the Father through Jesus Christ because Jesus is our advocate. We go to the Father and ask that our sins be forgiven. And if we want to present our bodies as a living sacrifice unto God, we need to present our bodies in the right way to God that God would be able to accept our sacrifice. And uh, Jesus uh, says, uh, while he's hanging on the cross, he says, Father, forgive them. You have a perfect, unblemished sacrifice, being Jesus Christ offered, and it was given unto the Father. And he asked that the people who were responsible for having him go to the cross, Uh, He says, Father, forgive them, because they don't understand what they're doing. They didn't see Jesus uh, as the Messiah. They were looking for the Messiah, but they were looking for a Messiah that would come and set up and reign and rule as king. Jesus is going to come back and reign as king, but at this time, he had other people he had to save other than his own. And I thank God for that because uh, it was the Gentiles uh, as well as the Jews that Christ's uh, uh, blood was, can be applied to. So he grafted us in in that moment on the cross, and I thank God for that. So uh, we need the, uh, the kind of Savior who has the blood strong enough to eradicate every sin in the world if we come to Him. And I pray that uh, as you are hearing this, even if you have not ever surrendered yourself unto God, if you realize that, that you once you realize that you cannot um, come out of sin yourself, because I remember when I was in sin, I desired to come out, but I did not have the power to come out. But I want you to know today that if you go to God, if you go to his son, Jesus, he has the ability to give you just what you need to come out of sin, and that is his very spirit. And when his spirit comes upon you, comes in you, it it, it removes those things which you could not remove on your own and for that I say glory to God and I thank him for that and this is going to be the uh, the end as I close here I just want you to know that um, it only takes a made up mind if you're sick and tired of being in sin it only takes you to come before God in the right way and I pray that this message is leading you to go before God and to call upon his name, and to just call out and say, I, I cannot continue in the way that I am, and I'm not strong enough to come out of sin myself, and I just need your help to do so. So I pray right now in the name of, of Jesus Christ that those who are hearing this word today would decide to, uh, in their minds, have a changed mind about the things that that they are in and that they would realize that they need a loving Savior like Jesus Christ who would say to the Father, Father forgive them and if you come to him in the right way I know that he will be able to go to the Father on your behalf and say, Father forgive them for they know not what they do. And I invite you to seek the Lord uh, as this week continues, and I just want to remind, uh, uh, I want to say right now a prayer for all of the workers who are uh, putting their lives online as a result of this virus, the medical workers, the doctors, the nurses. Father, in the name of Jesus, I ask that you would put a hedge of protection around these workers, those who are at grocery stores, those who are at gas stations, those who are in the medical field, those who are in the nursing homes. Lord, put a hedge of protection around our workers. Lord, allow them uh, to be uh, uh, guarded by you and keep them safe, O God, in Jesus' name. Well, that's it for today. I hope that you have uh, received something out of this message today. And until uh, next time, uh, may the Lord continually be with you, to lead you and guide you in all paths of truth. Um, so I bid you a big God bless you as I close today. And I'll see you on next time.